What it do, everybody? Welcome back to First and Ten. You already know what time it is. Yes, sir. Now, we just had us a good weekend of football. You know, super wild card weekend and all that. And, you know, there was some was some lacklusters. I wasn't, well, I was expecting at least bro, one we, we, Bro, we had three blowouts. No, nah, it wasn't three because Bills dominated, Tampa dominated, Chiefs, and then dominated. Rams. And Rams, so four. Damn. Shit. Yeah. So essentially four, blowout. four blowouts. Yeah. And the only one that I mean you could have guessed was just KC and Pittsburgh. That's the only one that I thought would be like, you know, two touchdown type of victory. I ain't think, you know, the rematches between Pats and Bills and Rams and uh the Cardinals would be like as lopsided. I told you that Bills game was personal. I said it. I said it last week or last week's episode. Now, I'm not gonna go as far as say I, I thought they was gonna like blow them niggas out. I didn't think Bills gonna go like that, but I told you that game was gonna be more personal than the rematch from the regular season. Would have figured that. I mean, it is playoffs, but I yeah, mean, like, that, to go that that extra motivation because of the playoffs and it's winning or home is why I knew the Bills was going to win that game because it's the the um, added on motivation of we gonna get these niggas back. It's the added motivation of we gonna show these niggas who the real real niggas in the AFC East is it was the added motivation of the reporters or reporter from the first game and I I knew that question was really the, that, that extra motivation because I forgot who it was but it was after that game one of the players literally brought up Michael Hyde and Jordan Poirier the reporters after the game. I forgot who it was. I was. You can go back and check, but it was somebody literally name dropped. It was like, yeah, remember what I said to Poirier and Hyde? Like, I I knew, I knew, bro, because it's like, it's 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 like when you grow up and you get bullied since elementary and middle school. Then you hit high school and you're just tired of the shit, and then. And then it's like you start to get a little bit stronger and your voice get a little bit deeper and niggas still trying to test you. You like, nah, bro, I ain't going for this shit no more. Fuck that. And then you just start fighting back. That That's basically the bills over the last two years. They got tired of the bullshit. And this year, them niggas went from being being freshmen and sophomore that they they going through puberty. Now they juniors and seniors. They like, nah, this is my shit now, nigga. Fuck is you talking about? That's basically the character arc that the Bills are going through. And then Josh Allen, and then you combine that with Josh Allen turning into Superman, you're going to blow up. I'm not here. That was a joke. I was like, it was the fact that, like, you know, no, 
like scoring possessions for the offense the whole game. And I mean, you know, I just feel like ever since ever since Brady left, like you know, the division left the Pats and stuff. Like the division was like the Bills to lose. You know, ever after man, that. that would be the only thing that would make this better if Brady was still there. Yeah, it'd be that different. Would, that would really, that would really be. Um, yeah, we're sick and tired of you running division. This is our shit now. But you know, we'll we'll never know. But that's just a side. That's like an NFL web story. But either way, the Bills basically proved to Bill and the Pats that they the new real niggas on the block, and that the division is theirs. Because they really almost lost it. Ain't no way in hell you got Josh Allen playing like that and you got the best team in the division going forward. Fool, I have never seen Josh Allen turn in another gear like he did last week. Even when they was maxing out on the Chiefs earlier this year. Or when Josh Allen was going crazy last year. He turned in a different gear last week. I mean, it was some throws made. I was like, God, I love. Like, I, I know, like, we, we praised Mahomes and Herbert for the Rockets they got. Josh Allen, man. That was a clinic. Straight clinic. Any yeah, quarterback to make Josh Allen made it, and he he was crossing niggas up. I know you saw that one clip. He crossed that DB up. I mean, but you know that's that's the level that we expect him to play at. You know, yeah, week yeah. in and week out. Because I mean, because realistically, obviously, he is a top ten quarterback. Some can even argue top five. Nah, he, he's top five now. He's top five. Only so it's thing like, you know, you expect only that. Only thing that was stopping him from being top five was there were people that thought last year was like fluky, but then he did it again this year. And then he just had the game he had. He's top five. Yeah, I mean, definitely. He's definitely going to win himself an MVP sooner or later. Just the question is when. Yeah. There is no if. It's, it's, it's definitely a win. Moving on, speaking of them other, like, blowouts and stuff like that, get those out the way. Like, I, what happened with the Rams? Like, I already knew Pittsburgh was definitely going to get blown out. I mean, it is what it is. Chiefs looked a lot better. Hopefully they can yeah, that honestly, against the Bills. I, I didn't think that Rams game was going to be. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be like that. Like, Kyler really, he wet the bed badly. Like, I mean, I I don't even know what he was thinking out there for, like, <laughs> like just watching it, it was just so confusing. I mean, it, it just felt like a lot of miscommunications and they just weren't ready. They weren't ready for this shit. Like their yeah. hearts was just like they they wanted it, but like easily once they went down, like by like what 
it was 21-0. So they went down by that. And, I mean, I just feel like it was just no way they could really come back, especially with how it's going. I mean, Kyler throwing pick sixes, even more interceptions before the half. Like, he just looked bad. Yeah, I, I knew after he just was almost sacked in the end zone for the safety, he just tossed the ball up for that pick six. I knew it was I would have rather him just taking the safety. Like, yeah, I knew it was wraps from there. It was like that's just scream first playoff, first career playoff game. Not ready for the moment. And it's like I would. It's like obviously that's not okay, but at the same time, it's like you know, shit happened. You know, you're, ba- you're, cause like. When you put things in perspective, he's a third-year QB who didn't have his number one target, who is also arguably, arguably, (laughs) arguably the best, if not second best receiver in the game, by the way. So it's like, you literally don't have your best player on the team on offense. But on the road in your first ever playoff game and you're facing a top five defense in the league that has Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, and Jalen Ramsey. So, even though he shouldn't have wet the bed as bad as he did, him underperforming, it's like, it's not expected, but it's understood in my eyes at the very least. Now, again, that type of performance, that shouldn't, like, we shouldn't just excuse that. Like, that was that was really bad. Like, that was bad on him. That was bad on Cliff Kingsbury. That was just bad on the whole team. Like, they were not ready. They were not ready. You know what, like, going into me picking them, like, I just thought, like, you know, things would be different. They had, like, you know, this whole week to prepare. Like, this is your biggest game and the least meaningful game in a long time. But, like, the more I think about it and then after watching the game and then, like, realistically thinking, I mean, like, I shouldn't, I should have just seen it coming. I mean, they started off the year 7-0 and then finished the year 10-7. and you went three and seven to finish the the rest of the season. I, I've already I should have seen the red flag right there. And then when you really think about it, that goes into the two years prior to with Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, when they lost out on the seventh seed to the Bears. Now I I'll, I'll exclude year one to a certain degree because you know he's a first year head coach. You know stuff like that. Kyler Murray's rookie year, but you know year two. They start off they start off hot and then they just cooled down and then like you said they lost out to the Bears for the playoffs. Yeah, because I, I remember how that went last year. I remember they had the you know, Chandler Jones uh big game against New York. That's when they went up to I think like about six and four. But then they ended up finishing nine and seven and then lost out the playoff spot to the Bears for the seventh seed. And then, you know, you look at this year, shit even Year, you know, like they were gonna go nine and seven again if it wasn't for an extra game. 
and then almost lose out on the playoffs again. Like, they were the number one seed at one point. How the hell you go from the number one seed all the way down to the fifth seed? Almost six seed at times. I mean, like, that shit was shifting because of how bad they were. Yeah, like, they they almost had the division in lock. Like, it was only team that was contendable there was the Rams. And then they dropped so far down, the Rams ended up winning the division. And then you see what happens. Now you're on the road facing the Rams, who you gave up the, the first place in the division to, and you get waxed. On first ever Monday night playoffs at that. Yeah. And LA too, while the hoes is watching. Yeah, that, like that's my point. Like, like, even though they may have something good going on in Arizona and stuff like that, and that's that's fine and dandy that like they're building something good. But like, when it comes to the real times that matter, they really do need to step it up because Honestly, I mean, just looking they, at the last two years, have, it's just crazy. They might have to pull a Golden State and get a new coach. I don't think as far as new coach. I don't well, I know, just feel because like... based off his track record, Cliff Kingsbury does not look like somebody that can close the deal. He, it's like it's like he's a front runner. Like, when the year starts off, like, they start off hot, everything's clicking, but then once once it hits them, them cold months, and you gotta be, like, physical, it's, it's like what I always say, once it hits... November, December, and January, that's when the real niggas come out. And Kingsbury, based off the track record, these past two years, he's he been folding in the real nigga months. Because it's like, when you look at that team, like, yeah, they got James Conner and Chase Edmonds. Especially, James Conner brought that that dog mentality to the offense this year. He really did. So he's definitely a player they should like keep. Depending on how long his contract is with them. I don't know if it's a, if it was a two year deal, one year deal, however long it was. He's definitely somebody someone they should keep. He got that dog in him. But when it comes to November, December, and January, and if or when you make the playoffs, you just got you just gotta like go to a different place in your head. And right now, that team it's, it's like they say a team emulates their coach. And right now, when it comes to winter slash fall, well, I said fall. When it comes to winter football. Cliff Kingsbury has shown us he's not ready for it. He's only ready for when it's September and October, but not November and December. So that's what I'm saying. They got the talent. They just might have to pull it, go to state, and go from a Mark Jackson to a Steve Kerr. I don't know who their Steve Kerr is going to be, but that might just have to be the direction they go. Because they still got Kyler Murray on his rookie deal. So if they just add a few more pieces before it's time to pony up and give him that bread, 
they they still have a good window left. And even when they do give him his money, we all know what Kyler Murray can do. He's one of the best talents in the league. It's just before it's time to give him the money he deserves, they're going to have to find somehow to upgrade that team. Because once once he hits that bank, we all know it's either your QB can elevate or stagnate. That has happened with Kirk. It's like what I said last week. It's no fault of the QB. It's just it's the league that we're in now. Once you pay your QB, it's either can they elevate the team or do they make the team stagnate because they count for so much in the cap. So the Cardinals, they're going to have to figure that out. Because once Murray gets his deal, they're going to be in no man's land. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, just got to, we just got to see more out of them before, you know, they go back to potentially being like a shitty team again. I don't think they'll be shitty again since they have Kyler. He's too good for them to be shitty. It's just, I'm telling you, it's all about the mentality and the 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 roster construction. Like, they just got to get more bullies on that team. They got to get more bullies. Well, they got plenty of time to be doing that in the off season. Yeah, this you this, know, this is a this is a big off season for them for sure. I mean, for everybody, but, you know, moving on to the game, so actually, actually gave me a little bit of heart attack. I mean, like, obviously, we're going to save Dallas for last, but, like, since he getting their first, you know, their first playoff dub. Man, that was a really good game. What did they say, 30 years? It was like, like yeah. 91, I believe. So, it was like, that. 30, 31 years. That's, that's, I mean, like, nobody Joey took ben. that shit away from you. Like, at the end of the day, I mean, like, even going up against the Titans with Derrick Henry coming back and all that, you know, it's looking like you might lose, at least to most of, you know, analysts and everybody just looking at the game. You know, I mean, none had a fucking great season. I mean, like, because even though, yeah, I was on expecting the game to not, I knew it was going to be close, but I thought it'd be, I thought the, like, kind of looking at their last matchup, I thought that they would, the Bengals would kind of, like, you know, spread it a little bit more, like, open as far as the score. Like, I didn't think it would, like, they wouldn't, they would get a little stagnant for a little bit of the game, and then drives would get ruined offensively, and then, you know, it just, they just wasn't their same selves clicking. Honestly, would you look at that as a good thing or a bad thing? Because they won, even though they didn't play their best. Because we've seen them at their best. Yeah. I would say definitely, I mean, like, some games are the best against the Ravens, against the You know, it's like little examples like that. So, I would guess, in my head, I would look at it as a... You didn't fold under pressure. Like, even though things weren't looking... yeah. Yeah, the absolute best, you know, because I mean, it came down to the wire. I mean, legit, I I thought the Raiders were about to go ahead. We were about to go into OT, for real. But I mean, you know, 
the defense came through. I mean, even though the offense wasn't getting, you know, touchdowns and even scoring, they were at least, you know, it was something sometimes. I mean, they were trying to push the ball and try to move it. I think they, they did get a little too focused. Car- they were essentially playing complimentary football. Whereas, yeah. like, you may not get points, but you're not turning the ball over. So that way your defense isn't in, like, un unfortunate or, I guess, uncomfortable or, like, just bad situations where it's, like, they just get off the field and then you go three and out and now they're right back on it. They avoided situations like that. It's, like, the way Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense play, it's, it's just so efficient. Like, even in games they lose, I I'm in the because like I said, I forgot what episode it was. It wasn't a lot of games I was able to see this week because of my work schedule. But anytime I saw a Bengals game, their their opening drive is always it's like it's it's like I've heard coordinators say it all the time. Offensive coordinators, I mean not coordinators, commentators say it all the time. Offensive coordinators slash play callers or head coaches, they always have a 15 to 20 play game script that they want to use to start off a game. And every time I see the Bengals play, it's like their game script just goes according to plan. They just look so smooth, so effortless, precise. Like they, they always get a first down. There's rarely ever a time I see the Bengals go three and out. Like, the perfect example I'll give you is, I think it was either the first or the second Ravens game, where they're at the goal line after a perfect drive, but then Burrow threw a pick six. No, it was actually, it was it was the game against the Browns, where I think the Browns just dog walked. Yeah, they, like, they, they rock their shit. Yeah, so I remember watching that game, and the point I'm making up is just how the offense looks, especially opening drive. That opening drive, like, they got to, like, the five-yard line, and then Burrow threw the pick six to Denzel Ward, and then the game just got out of control. But before that play, is like, just first down after first down after first down, like, and they just... Burrow and the offense just made it look so effortless. And every time I watch the Bengals play, it, they, their offense always operates so smooth and so calm. And that's how Burrow is. Like, even back going to his year at LSU in 2019, he's just so calm and, and collected in the pocket and so precise. Like, it's like I'm watching Brady. Like, ever since I watched Burrow that one year, he reminds me of Brady, where it's like, he he knows how to maneuver the pocket, he he's so on time with everything, and that translates with their offense. And that, in effect, helps their defense, because in late-game situations, more times than not, your offense is helping you stay on the field less, so when it matters the most, you can make a type of game with an interception like they did because they're not gassed out 
whereas it's a short field for the Raiders and they can score quickly because of an unfortunate turnover or they're in good field position because the Bengals were three and out and now they got a punt and now the Raiders are already starting like the 50 or the 40. Like you didn't see that because the Bengals kept getting first downs and they, in the second half, even when they weren't scoring, they never put their defense in a bad position or a bad situation to where it would make the Raiders getting points easy. The Raiders had to earn everything. And that's the type of football you have to play in the playoffs when you're not necessarily a Chiefs or a Bills or a Bucks where you can just score effortlessly. And that's... They're going to do that again because they're facing another team, the Titans, who do the exact same thing. And they're getting Henry back. So it's going to be even harder on the Bengals' defense because now you're basically facing a team who's been doing this longer than you. Because ever since Tannehill and Rainbow got there, that's literally been the Titans' identity. Ball control. Make sure our defense is rested. Feed Henry in the late in the game. Just pound them out. Pound them out with Henry. Because we know Henry can do it. I don't know how he's still doing it with all the carries he's been getting over the past three, four years. But he's still doing it. And now he's fresh. Whew. And the running game's still been clicking without him this year. <coughs> this is going to be a real test for that Bengals defense going against the Titans. Because literally everything the Bengals do on offense when it comes to possessing the ball and playing complimentary football, the Titans do it better because they've been doing it for so long. It's like It's their identity is to play that type of football. Somebody say, yeah, like, either way, the Bengals just, they they impressed me, even though, like, you know, it was still a close game and stuff like that. But, you know, shout out to the Raiders because, hey, I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, They, sure, they made it a game for sure. They, <laughs> even like, though. Shout out to the Raiders in general for the season they had with everything they went through. Like, but shout out Derek Carr. A lot Carr, of bullshit. Because. Everything that team went through for Carr to still basically put the team on his back and lead them to the playoffs. Like, I hate the whole QB winning thing because, like, it gives the QB too much credit. Like, I understand. I understand it. But I just don't like it because they get too much credit. But Carr, I feel like is the personification of that QB win stat. Because honestly, if it wasn't for him, they're not making the playoffs this year. I could wholeheartedly say that. I mean, if it I was not for Carr and his leadership and his ability as a quarterback, the Raiders don't even sniff the playoffs this year. 
So I can agree. Shout out I mean, right. I'm about to say they would have definitely been folded otherwise, and they just, I mean, losing your quarterback. If you didn't have someone like him, I mean, how could you even try to elevate? I mean, we've seen them how the Raiders have always been with a lot of bullshit and a lot of good players with no like real glue to the puzzle for real. That's like Derek Carr is that perfect fit for them, even though I don't understand why he can he may potentially not be there next season. But you know, we'll just have to see. Yeah. And you know, last but not least, from Super Wild Card Weekend. Oh man. <laughs> I mean like you know I think the problem that I have with this game is the fact that like I just I just wanna understand why they they every fans are just trying to simply blame the refs for like that last play. Hey brother Don't make no, I mean I'm just being for real though. I mean like <laughs> it's, I, I never understood like it. Right <laughs> I mean all really all I can say is just like the cowboy season is just it's just disappointing. I mean I feel like a lot of cowboy fans get so mad when like people criticize Dallas for the season they had and always get on them for these playoff losses, but I mean, this is what comes when you're, you know, America's team. All eyes are on you. That's just the way it is. So it's I saw like, the funniest stat. It, it said Brady has more playoff wins since he turned 40 than Dallas does in the last 25 years. I'm Like, if you're listening to this, I really want you to think about that. Brady is 44. He hasn't even hit 45 yet. And he already has more wins. Not his career. In his 40s. Than your team. Has in the last 25 years. That means if you are listening to this. And you were born in the past 30 years. Since you were 5 years old. Your team. Has less wins in the playoffs. That one man that he has been in his 40s and he's only 44. I mean, you can say the same about us too, but you know, bro, bro, we're not talking, <laughs> <about it. laughs> we talking about us, we're talking about Dallas right now because, like you just said, America's team, they're just like all we hear is, Yep, this is our year, yep, this is our year, yep, this is our year. Yep, and they've shown nothing the past year. I mean, like, it's literally just off of looking at it on paper. I mean, like, right, yes. Right. Ever since I started watching football in 2008, all I've heard Dallas fans say is this is our year. I mean, I've, I've seen I've seen Romo not be able to pull it off. I've seen Dak not be able to pull it off. Now, granted, that's the only two QBs they've had since I started watching football. But my point being, it doesn't matter if it was 2014 when they lost to Green Bay. doesn't matter if it's 2016 when they lost to... Green Bay. 
<laughs> Thank you for that. Doesn't matter if it's 2018 when they got dog walked by my Rams. And it doesn't matter if it's 2021 when. Wait, didn't they make the playoffs 2019 too? No. Okay. At least, so, at least I don't remember. I think. Nah, 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 right? Because it was. Because uh, I know 2020 that got hurt. So they didn't right. make it. And then 2019 was when Wentz got hurt against Seattle. But that was when the Eagles won the division. Did Dallas make it as a wild card? Or no? I honestly don't remember. I don't remember. 2019. The only thing I remember is just us and the <laughs> Giants being terrible. That's pretty much it. <laughs> but my point being is it doesn't matter what year it is. Even when they're at the height of their powers and they have a full bomb squad like they had in 2014 or 2016 or this year, they still can't get it done. It's like, it's like, even when our division is garbage and they get easy wins off of the division. It's like once they go up against the big boys in the NFC, they can't do anything. And I just find it hilarious because all Dallas fans are like, yep, NFC East is ours, NFC East is ours, NFC East is ours. That'd be like the Patriots running the AFC East but not doing anything about it once they hit the playoffs. It's like, yeah, you, you're the best in your division, but your division isn't even good to begin with. And then you get exposed in the playoffs every time you make the playoffs. Man, that's literally the that's literally like the worst of it. I mean, like this year we saw you go six and zero in the division. That's cool and all, but twelve and I mean not twelve and six shit, but six and six versus the rest of your competition. Whether I mean, you went like just looking at it from this year's schedule, you know, six and zero NFC East. Then when it came to our AFC West opponent. They went one and three. They only beat the Chargers. Now it's week two. I mean, even got cakewalked by Denver. I mean, essentially, it was supposed to be 30 to zero. That's how the game should have ended. But they got garbage time touchdowns and points and made it 30 to 16. Either way, watching that game, I mean, it looked like shit. Terrible. And then even against like the rest of the NFC, I mean, okay, week one, I'll give you that. Because it was still a. Honestly, week one was the best I've actually seen, like, that Dallas offense. Ever since week one, to me, besides facing the NFC East, has not clicked at all. That's so weird because it's like... Because watching that game, every, I mean, after that one game, people looked at Dak and was like, yep, MVP type season. Hey, he, he looked he great. Started, he started off hot, too. But, I mean, he injured that calf and then came back. And then it's just like the offense got dummied down. Like, we just saw a lot of screens, check downs. I mean, it wasn't anything explosive. Like, even like even today, I've seen, like, quotes from Jerry Jones talking about how, like, Amari Cooper should, you know, for example, like, be more dominant on the field and stuff you like know, that. I saw that, too. And then it was people saying, there's, like, how is he going to be dominant? What Dak is to feed him the ball. He's not throwing it. So he literally, we only, like, 
You can blame Dak. You can blame Kellen Moore. Like, I don't understand what's going on with that. I don't understand what happened to that offense. It's like they only opened it up when they faced the NFC East. Like, when Washington lost Sunday night 56-14, like, I mean, they just went crazy. They were just doing whatever. Even the last game of the season against the Eagles, I mean, they were just having their way. Like, that's you can say what it is and then about... And then that's my problem right there. It's like, it takes them facing bum squads to look great. Besides that one game against the Bucks, Because, like I said last week, <clears throat> that Sunday night game against us, a good amount of our defense was out. That game against Philly... They literally took their starters out. After, like, one series. Like, exactly. It's like, you can't, like, NFL players are NFL players. Everyone has talent. So I'm not going to take away them embarrassing us and Philly. I'm not going to do that. Because at the end of the day... A 50-burger is a 50-burger. Yeah, if you're on that field, you have some sort of talent. It's just you don't have enough talent compared to who you're going against. But at the same time, when you're dropping 50 on backups and third stringers, and then you're not doing that against everyone else, and your offense just looks up and down the rest of the year, that just shows... It's like what we were saying about Arizona. That just shows inconsistencies. That shows bad coaching. It's like, how is Amari Cooper your highest paid receiver? And not even just your highest paid receiver. He's still the best receiver on your team opposite of CeeDee Lamb. It's not like CeeDee Lamb is that much better than him. He's just younger than him and more explosive. And then even still, Amari Cooper is still explosive. I mean, Amari Cooper is still their best route runner. I mean, it's like, obvious. When, by when we see far, him get the, when we see by him get far, the ball, still he their best route runner. Why the fuck? Like he gets separation easily. It's just the fact that the offense Amari, became if, like Amari terrible. Cooper, if he were to get the ball more, people would look at him like how they look at Justin Jefferson. Or, I mean, or 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 Stephon Diggs. I honestly would just look like this. Like, I mean, just look at it on how it was when Coop was the only number one receiver. Like, before they drafted CD, I mean, we saw that. He was constantly was getting it? It was, targets. Um, in 2018, right, when they first traded for him? Yeah. Yeah, I remember because it was... It was a Monday night game against uh, Tennessee. I think that was his first game there. He went off. And then everyone was like, yeah, Dak finally has his number one now. And then it was 2018 and 2019. He was just going off. I mean, that's the reason why they they gave him a, a, you know, 20 mil per year. Yeah. I mean, shit, they outbidded us for Coop. That's how much they wanted to keep him. But it's like now you're looking at him as, you know, a cap liability and that you shouldn't be paying him that much. When it's like, 
you feel that way because of his production, but his production is tied into the fact that his QB isn't getting him the ball. Like, it sounds like another OBJ type of situation. Like, I mean, what more What more can you expect from a receiver when he can't throw himself the ball? It's not like he's getting open. I mean, it's not like he's not getting open. We've already said, like, he's open a good majority of the time. And then a good majority of the time when the ball is thrown his way, he's either getting a chunk play or a touchdown. Unless it's like a, you know, a short pass or a slant or something like that. He, like, more times than not, whenever I see them target Coop, he is, he done broke some DB's ankle and he's getting a touchdown. Or he's getting a big play. Either way, he's open. I mean, like. Yeah, either way, he's open. It, It happens all the time. But for some reason, Dak and Rodney go to CD. Now, don't get me wrong. And Cedric is, Wilson. Let's yeah. talk about that. Why the hell is Cedric Wilson? Like, he's not bad. Like, he's definitely a good receiver. But, damn. I've seen him get more targets than Coop. That don't make no sense. Yeah, I have noticed that. Like, I I didn't see that. Like, obviously... Had anybody getting a lot of targets, Dalton Schultz. I mean, that's a tight end. Obviously, Mr. Reliable in your eyes. You know, you're going to do what you got to do. But out of your receiver group, I mean, besides CD getting a share of the targets, it should be cool. Not Cedric Wilson. And even, I mean, even Michael Gallup was a good choice, though. Because every time he threw him the ball, he actually made a big play. You know, sadly, he just I, tore his ACL. I, I, I think about it like this. It's like what it's like Brady with the Bucks. You got Mike Evans, you got Chris Godwin, you got Gronk, you got Tyler Johnson, <laughs> you got Scotty Miller, you got Fournette, Ronald Jones, you got all these weapons, right? Yeah. And Brady still finds a way to give Mike Evans the ball. Mike Evans was still he still finds a way to make sure that Mike Evans is that number one. Guy. That's what that's what it looks like when a QB makes sure his number one is his number one. Like even with Gronk on the field, Mike Evans is still dominating. So it's no way that your Dak and Cooper, with the amount of money he's getting paid, like it's like they always say, more money means more pressure. There's no way Jerry Jones should be saying what he's saying about Coop. Dak should be getting him the ball more. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just not a lot of pressure on your QB, more or less, like, more pressure on just your playmakers and just to be playmakers. And another thing I want to point out, why do they not use Tony Pollard? He's definitely... I mean, like, he had, he's only, like, what, 24 years old, about to be 25, maybe. I mean, Zeke's pushing 30, even with that, what, hey, bro, stop PCL? What? Zeke really pushing 30, bro? He was in 2016 draft. He's probably about, about to be, like, 28 or so. God damn. That just hit different. 
I still yeah. remember Zeke, bro. I remember when Zeke first got drafted, bro. It was a fucking nightmare. I was, I was like, well, we really have to deal with this nigga. For I day. mean, it, it's not. It's like it's just the timing that he came. Like coming in 2016, the Dallas offensive line was at, was at its peak. And ever and since then, they deteriorated. I was so upset. I was like, bro, we really gotta deal with this shit for the next five to seven years. I mean, really, I watched that man rush for like 1,600 yards. Like 2016 was Dallas' best chance to go to the Super Bowl. Even, even like having a juggernaut against Atlanta, like it would have been a hell of a shootout. But I mean, like 2016 was their best chance to the Super Bowl. After that, I just feel like all the years for real. Like even beating Seattle in what 2018, right? Yeah, cause that was yeah, that was the year they had lost to the Rams. In the yeah, like like even beating them in 2018, like it was like I mean you know it was it was a pretty good game, but that's like the last you seen from Dallas in the playoffs is just them getting pretty much they pretty much get handled for the I'll, most part I'll of the game. Because honestly, I was definitely gonna be mad if Dallas did come back and win, cause like. I I would have had to fight Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, like y'all are up, and then a pick six almost ruins the fucking game. Not pick six, but you know, interception in general. I just changed. It felt like the the, the game had changed right there. It was just like, oh no, like <laughs> Dallas is really about to come out of this with a win somehow. Like 49ers were selling like a bitch. And it was honestly really pissing me off because they had the they had the game in their hands since the start of the game. But you know, they got the dub. Debo Samuel is like him being that gadget player for him to use for Kyle Shanahan is like, oh man. I mean, this is honestly what I was hoping for when they did draft him. I mean, I just knew he was gonna. I had a feeling he was going to be a dog. This is even by his name. <laughs> he just had to be good. Right. But, you know, like, at the end of the day, refs didn't lose the game for Dallas. I mean, Dallas lost the game for Dallas. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Don't try to wait until the last minute, two minutes, to try to put in some real effort to win the game make adjustments to, like, you know, try to have a happy ending. You know, it just is what it is. And the 49ers just outplay them for the majority of the game. And that's just the story. But, you know, quickly go through these, like, looking ahead towards the divisional playoffs this weekend, like, you know, quick little predictions and stuff like that. You know, we've already talked about, like, the Bengals and the Titans a little bit, but, you know, like, who who you think is going to have the edge? Just, like, I think on Saturday they play. Me, personally, I feel like I... I'm probably going to ride it out with Tennessee. I feel like just Derrick Henry coming back to an offense that hasn't been too slowed down. Like, they've had their moments where they haven't been at their best. But, you know, everyone's pretty much coming back healthy for Tennessee, at least on their offense. Derrick Henry's back. 
you know, Julio is fully healthy, hopefully, and, you know, hopefully Tannehill throws him the ball. And you still got A.J. Brown. I mean, like, it. I just feel like I don't know if Cincy's defense can handle all of that. While Tennessee's defense, you know, on the other hand, I can see them more or less, you know, having the Bengals' offense in check because their defense is, like, top five as well. My heart says Joey B can pull it off. But my mind, I don't know, man. I think this Tennessee coming back, I mean, like, I I think they got this. Like, I don't – and I honestly feel like it may be a little bit more lopsided than we think. Not like a blowout, but I would definitely say, like, a 34 to 24 type of victory. I think Tennessee's defense is going to be, like, the difference maker in this game. And if I had to pick a defense to try to stop one's offense, I would definitely pick Tennessee over Tennessee. I want to say the Bengals so bad. Uh, I'm going to go Titans. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 27-24. Yeah, 27-24. I mean, it's not like there's anything wrong with that. I mean, the Bengals are going to face a really good team. My heart... My heart wants to say Joey B can pull it off so bad and take the Bengals to the AFC Championship game. My heart does not agree with this pick at all. It's kind of like how, um, you know, how people are still trying to see Lamar in the AFC Championship game. You know, it's just like, it just might be something that's going to have to wait a little bit because, I mean, the AFC is, like, stacked. But the AFC is too damn stacked. Like, it's nothing you can do about that, you know? But, I mean... This shit's really about to be a gauntlet for the next decade. But, yeah, I mean... All these all these teams got their franchise QBs. Pretty much. Or they got guys that they believe is the franchise, and you're still trying to see it. Either way, it's like, you know, it's not really... It's not a make or break yet for those QBs that they got. But, yeah, Tennessee, I mean... I just think them getting back healthy on offense, especially just getting Derrick Henry. I mean, he's been out for weeks. And then them getting the bye, securing him more rest, like it, it really does help. So, I mean, I I see I see some, some nasty things Derrick Henry about to do to that defense. I think he comes back firing, just like Cam Akers. But, you know, moving on towards our other games, I think... I believe the 49ers in Green Bay play on Saturday also. So let's talk about them. I you said, you said who? 49ers in Green Bay. They play Saturday, I think. Which yeah, I think they, I think they do. Um yeah. looking I say looking at that game. This should be it. it. Honestly, I don't. I never. I honestly couldn't believe that Aaron Rodgers was like zero and four against or zero and three against the 49ers in the playoff. I actually never knew that. The fact that he's never beaten them once, honestly, it's honestly crazy. But I mean, I I think this should be his 
his best chance of doing it in Green Bay is getting it done in general. Because just like the Titans, another, another, the other number one seed in the whole league. I mean, getting healthy at the right time, getting key pieces for them to get in Jair and Zadarius Smith back, Whitney Merciless back. Like you're getting extra pieces that are like gonna help elevate your team. You know, back in the tip top form. And with the way the 49ers ended the game against Dallas, I just didn't like how it, like, they controlled it, but they were definitely trying to lose the game at the same time, even though they, it wasn't on purpose. It was just they, like... They definitely underperformed the second half. The and momentum day, was just lost. And by day, I mean Jimmy Garoppolo. The momentum was lost. I mean, like, it, it, just, it just hit a nail, and the nail couldn't go any further. It was just stuck. Like, I don't, like, Jimmy Garoppolo was literally making me want to say, put Trey Lance in. <laughs> Fuck it. Like, just something to spark something into the offense again. Like, all you had to do was just manage the game. And you were missing nah, but here's throws. The thing, and... They're going against Aaron Rodgers. There ain't no I mean, manage. There ain't no manage. It's, you got to put up points. I mean, yeah, that's true. But I mean, we seen the last time 49ers faced them in the, you know, in the playoffs in the conference championship. I mean, that was probably one of Aaron Rodgers' worst games, and that is very true. Along with their defense, I mean, Raheem Mostert looked like AP. Now, I would say the difference between now and then is the Packers' defense is way better than that game. What was that, 2019? Yeah. Yeah. Packers defense is way, way better than that 2019 Packers defense. But, you know, I think this is I think this is a whole new year for them. I think Aaron Rodgers gets his first double against them. He's going to make another conference championship game. Now, the question is, who will he be facing? You know, because I ain't gonna lie, Sunday's games have me like split down the middle. Bro, I can't pick. I mean, like, if I had like, okay, like Rams, Rams are Bucks, right? If I had picking a, a winner, no, like and in between, like here. Are right, you go ahead, go ahead, go ahead? Like, obviously, you don't want to bet against Brady, but at the same time. Like, I heard it's so don't, much pressure on McVay. I, I also heard like don't don't better get Nick Saban, but we just saw what happened there. You know, yeah, it's college football, but I feel like the same thing applies. Like, you may want to go with the safe bet because you you know we've seen this before. We've seen it all happen. This is our like norm now. I don't know. I just feel like against really defense, especially like not having. No A B. Like it just the offense wasn't that at first. That secondary was gonna get torched. I told you. Philly's secondary just was not good. I'm about to say, and honestly, like in 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 the beginning, the defense wasn't even playing like bad for them. Like I said, like Tampa is missing a lot of pieces on offense. And then, you know, Tristan Wirfs dealing with an injury and just 
other offensive linemen dealing with injury. I mean, we've seen the Rams face off against the Bucks earlier in the season. And what was it that helped them? Defense. I mean, when you have Aaron Donald on your defensive line, I mean, shit gets spooky for anyone's, like, offensive line. And it's adding injury. You know, it's going to be tough. Like, we've seen it before. Brady's biggest weakness is literally interior pressure because mm-hmm. he is a statue. I mean, he can't move. So, if you have a defensive tackle who is a great pass rusher, I mean, like, you're, you know, you have a you have a chance to have a day. And I mean, I believe I believe in the Rams' offense going against still like not the best Bucks secondary, even with having like some pieces back. I mean, I honestly think the Rams. I think the Rams can do it. I think they can go to Tampa and get the dub. I say that this game comes down to three things. Matt Stafford rises up to the occasion. Sean McVay sticking to the run. And the Rams defense holding Brady down. Yeah. That's what this game is going to come down to. And I mean, just one reason why I believe in them too. I mean, the last, ever since Brady has been in Tampa these last two years, besides the Saints having his number, I mean, so have the Rams. The Rams have beaten them back-to-back years in the regular season. Who's to say they can't do it in the playoffs? Yes, it's the playoffs. I get all that. But their defense gives them a whole level of, like, a chance. Because it's not like the Bucks are unstoppable. They're unbeatable, especially with missing pieces on their offense. Brady having to adjust back to those, you know, those third-string and fourth-string receivers. It takes a little bit. So I feel like just the keys, Rams gonna have to be on defensive lockdown, not allow any of like the little stuff. We know Brady's gonna check down a lot to Gio Bernard and try to, you know, still find Mike Evans down the field, but I feel like they'll blanket him very well. I feel like he won't have the biggest day and that's very important. It's what the Eagles couldn't stop. And then Matt Stafford is just not gonna have to make any dumb decisions. Just play it smooth, play it smart, give it to your playmakers. If you gotta run the ball 45 times, 50 times with Sony Michelle and Cam Makers, hey, do it. <laughs> that's that's why I say it comes down to McVay too. He's gonna have to stick with that run. He cannot turn Matt Stafford into a drop back, throw the ball 40 times. He can't put it all on his shoulder, pretty much. He, he can't. Because if he tries that shit, the Rams are going to get blown out. But that's that's my choice. I got I got Rams over the Bucks. So that means it would line up with, with Green Bay, I'm gonna try to Rams, Kansas Championship. <laughs> but now, lastly, to the game that I mean, like, I just, like I said, I another I one. Think, I don't think the Rams are going to be able to do it. You don't think the Rams can do it? I don't. It's, it's, it's like, it's like Brady. It's, he just has something in him. I just don't 
I don't see him not making it to the NFC Championship game. I just I feel like I feel like McVay is going is going to abandon the like and then just try to make Stafford. He he's basically going to try to make Stafford rise up to the occasion instead of playing complimentary football. I hope I'm wrong. And the Rams pull this out and they control the clock and they keep Brady off the field and they win and their defense comes through. Because I know they can do it. I just feel like McVay's going to end up in that. I'm going to show y'all why we traded for Stafford. It's for games like this. And he's going to try and make him throw the ball 30 plus times. 35 times. And then Stafford's going to make that one mistake that just leads to a snowball effect. And then Brady takes advantage. And then that's I've seen it too many times. I feel like we're gonna have to see. I'm gonna still think I'm gonna still stick it out with my Rams pick. I think I think they're gonna go into Tampa and just play great defense, which is ultimately gonna lead them to a win against Brady. I hope I hope so. This is the one pick I hope I'm wrong. But last and not least, you know, we got uh, The game of the week. We got the Bills and the Chiefs, and like Ooh. it's honestly like the same thing, like with the Bucks. Like you don't want to bet against the Chiefs in the playoff time, at least for these last couple of years recently. But it's like, damn, Josh Allen, man. I mean, like that he—he's Josh Allen is turning into the next Cam Newton before our eyes. That's what I'm seeing right now. Like he's turning into 2015 camp. Like I'm just, I'm just stuck on the pick. But I mean, you know, the Bills show some nice things against the Patriots defense, especially some, especially against a defense that, you know, is one of the better ones in the league. Definitely top 12, top 10 type of unit. And you know, Chiefs also showed us some good things offensively too. I mean. You know, it just seems like they keep trying to get more and more back to their usual selves. But I don't know if that's going to fly against the Bills. I mean, the way their defense played against the Patriots, yeah, rookie quarterback. You know, not the same weapons on offense. Not the same offensive coordinator play calling. I mean, Bills defense might come to play, especially, like, making a statement against, you know, the reigning AFC champions. Like, you already beat them in the regular season. You want to beat them again. You want to show the world that Buffalo is taking off and no one's stopping them. And then, like, Chiefs defense, I mean, they had it, they had it pretty easy going against Big Ben and Steelers. But I feel like with Josh Allen instead of Big Ben, it it's going to be different. I feel like I'm going to take Bills, but I say 31-28. Like, three-point game, no other way around it. I don't think it's going to be lopsided at all. Close game, less than than seven points. I'm basically on the same thing, but I think the Chiefs are going to pull it out. I only say that literally because they're at home. 
true. You could factor that in. Because we we all know that playoff crowd noise is a factor. Like, even though I take that into account, I think what just, like, what kind of has me split and wants me to pick the Bills and will pick the Bills is just the fact that, like, this has been our... This has been our worst showing of, of Patty Mahomes as, ever since he's been a starter. Like, maybe we've been too spoiled on the fact of 2018 MVP still doing great things 2019 and 2020. But, you know, he ma- he's made a lot of bullshit throws and decisions that have just made me think, like, are we sure you're okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you, I think that's you, just what it does. Like I mean, this is this. Like I said, this has been his worst. This has been his worst year since we've seen him as a starter. I mean, he just has not looked like his usual self. It's like all teams. It feels like all teams got to do is run two deep safeties and then just cover everything else against them. At least that's how it was looking. Even down to the point where the Giants on a Monday night made it so competitive for y'all to even get down the field. But I think Bills will pull this through. I mean, I feel like that's like the defense, Patty Mahomes himself on how he's going to play, you know, which, you know, Patty Mahomes will we see? Like, will we see efficient? You know, our usual, you know, QB1, or are we going to see, like, some of what we saw earlier in the season? Because even even now, he's, him cleaning it up, we still seeing glimpses of it from time to time, where it's just a throw, where it's just like, why did you do that? You're doing too much. This is the type of game where it's going to come down to specific moments in the game and who has the ball last. Yeah, pretty much. That's really what it boils down to. Who can keep who off the field the longest? That's basically what it is. So I guess, let's see. So pretty much based off of my picks, it would be a Tennessee-Buffalo AFC Championship and a Green Bay and Rams NFC Championship. And then you would pretty much have like the opposite. You would have Tennessee Chiefs yeah. and then Green Bay Bucks. Yeah. So, you know, that's what we're working with. I mean, hey, we're just, we're going to have to see. I kind of figured this week would be a lot more split. My Arizona pick last week was kind of like a wild card. Kind of just, I did want to see it happen. But I was wrong. But this week for sure, I'm I'm really like it's really it's more funny because I got all my picks right this week, but I don't want all my picks to be right. I mean, I got all all of them right last week. I don't want all of them to be right this week. I, I mean, want the Bengals <laughs> to win, and I want the Rams to win. Well, all I can say is, I mean, we gonna have to see. I mean, it's Friday night right now. First game started about three or four. You know, I mean, it's, it's just going to be that time. I mean, like, you know, I ain't got nothing else to say. I mean, like, I'm just, 
I I do want to see like the upsets from on Sunday. Like I want to see the Bucks fall this year, and I want to see KC fall because I really want to see Buffalo in the championship game because it'll get really inter- interesting, you know, if they can beat Tennessee. And I, I would want I would want to see that. I want to see something new. I mean, this year has been a lot of like new teams coming out of the right. and just I, a lot I more excitement. I forgot who I was talking to. One of my coworkers, he actually, he was like, who do you think going to the Super Bowl? I was like, honestly, I don't know. This is the one year in the playoffs where it's like, literally anybody can be anybody. Yeah. Like, it's, and I mean, it, the competition is so stacked. Especially in the, in the AFC. I mean, I'm, like, I really do think, like, we could see the first year since Mahomes has been a starter, that he's not going to be in the AFC Championship game. Exactly. And then we're going to see Brady lose in the divisional round. Not too long ago, we seen him lose in the wild card. But, you know, like, hey, like him not making the NFC Championship game, be crazy. But, you know, that's all for me. Let's just get this shit started. Let's see. Let's see some some upsets. Cause even even the Bengals winning, I wouldn't even be mad at that. That would just push my agenda even further. But I mean, if you ain't got nothing else to say, I think we can go ahead and wrap this thing up. Let's go, Joey B. And go Rams. You know, that's all from us. You know, as always, thank you for listening. Tuning in with us. We talk about football for however long. I know it gets a little lengthy, but, you know, just bear with us. Man, it's real niggas talking about football. If you if you listen to this whole shit, that means you're a real nigga that loves football. So it don't really matter. Anymore. But, you know, that's everything. You know, we, you know we'll see y'all next week. After divisional, getting ready for that the championship weekend. And you know, until then. Yes, sir.